Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everyone, to episode 142 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal, we are continuing on and reviewing yet another episode of Superman the Animated Series as the month of January rolls on. But this week, we're not alone. In fact, we brought a friend. That's right, Liam. Uh, as you said, we are continuing our final, well, it's our final week of covering normal DCAU for the month. We have an Elseworlds tale that we'll be tackling next week right. for our final week. But uh, yeah, we wanted to bring on uh, another guest. Uh, we call them special correspondents here because you're more than a guest. You're That's right. A, we want to hear your thoughts on this too. So we brought uh, we brought somebody uh, on the show. This has to be the furthest from us geographically thus far, as far <laughs> as guests are concerned. Uh, that's right. We have Nathan. He's coming on. He's from Superman the Animated Podcast. Uh, we are so glad to have you on, Nathan. Thanks for coming on the pod. Uh, thanks, Cal Liam. Thanks very much for having me. Um, been listening to your podcast for such a long time, and it's actually great to be on your podcast and uh, give you my <laughs> thoughts and ideas on this episode. Absolutely, and we're excited to get them. But as Cal mentioned, Nathan, you host Superman the Animated Podcast. You host it solo, which I think we both admire because... <laughs> Just being able to to talk, you know, by yourself for the most part and talk as knowledgeably as you do on the show is a feat. And it's a really fun, easy show to listen. But if you could just tell me a little bit about uh, your, your show, Superman, the Animated Podcast, what kind of inspired you to start the show and uh, what what uh, what's particular about Superman, the Animated Series made you want to want to start the show? No, of course. Um, so I've been a Superman fan ever since I was a young kid. Um mm. I was, I was adopted, um, you know, at birth pretty much. And mm. when I saw the first vision of Superman was Superman two, the movie. Um, nice. and then when I got to the storyline of who Superman was and what he was, I obviously found out that he's an alien from another planet. Like, obviously that's not me. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I fell in love with the character from, from that day. And ever since then, I've always loved Superman in every form, um, growing up as a kid watching, uh, the movies, obviously all the Christopher Reeve movies, mm-hmm. and then uh, Superboy on TV. I know oh, there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of outcry about you know <laughs> trying to watch that now. Um, but <laughs> doesn't age. Cry as a, oh, exactly. Yeah, and so watching that as a kid growing up, um, you know, four o'clock when I come home um, from school, I love watching that. And then Lois and Clark, I had a um, big uh, fan fest over that here in Australia. The first two mm-hmm. seasons were pretty much here predominantly and then we lost it after that and it ah. took a long time to get that um here to finish that series off and then it led into smallville of course um oh. i love for smallville always hold actually, on to smallville oh exactly exactly um so obviously a big fan of smallville one of my favorite series ever um 
It took me a while actually to get into the animated side of things. Um, there wasn't too much Superman animated series on here in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. If it was, it wasn't on like our Saturday morning cartoons or anything like you guys talk about on a regular basis mm-hmm. on your show. Um, so hunting around online when you know the internet finally got up and running and when I was old enough to do you know jump online mm-hmm. and have a look around, and actually, I actually found it online and um, oh. thought, oh, Superman the animated series, this is for me. And um, obviously, and then couldn't buy it in Australia, so I bought it on um, eBay. Got it sent over. Watched the first episode and just loved it ever since. I've, I've always said if um, Warner Brothers had actually thought about how they, to make their movies, they've got so much opportunity they can use Superman the animated series as a basis, and they can make Absolutely. their own movies from there. Um, but for podcasting side of things, um, I first got into podcast listening to podcast probably about three or four years ago. Um, when I first heard about podcasts in general, I typed in Superman as you do. Um, first found a podcast called Lois and Clark, listened to that, and that, that pushed me on to other podcasts I'm listening to. And then it got me to thinking about I'd like to probably try this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hardest thing was is uh, trying to come up with an idea that no one had thought of. Um, For sure. Yeah. Um, and the, oh, I, I had to try, I tried to have a listener, see everyone else was doing. So Lois and Clark was gone, Smallville was gone. Um, Superboy was gone. It wasn't really a podcast, it's more of a, a YouTube side of things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really seen anything about Superman the animated series. And then got my head into that and then actually really started enjoying it. Um, doing it on my own, as you said, is very difficult. Um, I, <laughs> first couple of episodes I'd enjoyed, but um, it's very hard to disagree with yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, well, we have um, a hard I'll time say, disagreeing with each other, and we're <laughs> two of us. So I, I can only imagine how difficult it is to disagree with yourself on your own. Um, <laughs> and, and, and not like long after starting, um, I actually found your podcast. And as you started well before I did, I wish I got, um, I knew that before I started. Um, I could have got in touch with you guys to get an yeah. idea of you know what to do and stuff like that. And I love how you guys do your episodes. Um, and also grateful to have certain guests on board. Um, I've had Luke Bug from the Geek of Steel. He was my first ever guest. And I'm so uh, thankful to have Liam on not too long ago when we talked Absolutely. about World's yeah. Finest. That was, one of my f- that was so much fun doing that yeah. with you. Um, and, yeah, I've just had yeah, – it was fun having the guests on as, you know, just having that camaraderie and having the, the chat. Most of the time you're both in agreeance, but it's good to have everyone's point of view as you oh, guys sure. do on the show. So. So yeah, I, I love doing it. Um, just in my last latest episode, I think Cal, I think you liked um, you like the late Mister Ken, isn't that one of your favorite episodes? I think episode. I remember I mean, saying we both have a fun. Yeah, we love it for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I just did that not too long ago, and um, I, I, almost in like not in tears, but there was just parts of that episode I really enjoyed. Just reminisced about certain for sure. Um, other other Smallville and Superman uh, movies and TV shows that the mm. some ideas came from. So. So yeah, love of Superman, love doing the podcast. Always, always love to have more guests on because I love talking to people. Absolutely, um, but do it on your own, even though it's 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 complicated at times. But at least I know I'm I'm, I'm not going to confuse myself because I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Like I said, I we both greatly admire that uh, that ability to talk to yourself and you you have a great rhythm with your show the way you break it down scene by scene i think is a really unique way that certainly we do it differently uh tim talk some of the other people that do dcau reviews uh you you've managed to find a very unique way to do it which i i always admire too you you're not just talking about the episode you actually kind of break it down and then and uh and give a quite a bit of detail to kind of each individual scene rather than 
you know, lumping it all together. So I, I love the way you, uh, you break down your show as well. Oh, thank you very much. That's of course. Great to hear. So from, <laughs> yeah, of course. So from there, uh, we're so happy to have Nathan here and we are reviewing, if we have not mentioned yet, Cal, we are reviewing going back to season one, or at least we thought it was season one in production order. At least it was a very early episode of According the According to the DVDs, it's season one. Right. But uh, apparently <laughs> in actual air date, this didn't air until a little bit later. We'll get to that in a second, but we are in fact reviewing another villain origin episode as we have been doing all so far this month. And this week, it's uh, one of the classic ones, one of the few characters from Superman, the animated series that was created for this series. Uh, that being the aptly titled Livewire featuring the debut of Livewire. Yeah, they didn't have too much creativity when it came to the name <laughs> of this. Week's episode. They're just like, all right, we're just going to call it whatever the villain's name is. It's, we're, we're done. Um, but yeah, so, so Livewire debuted, uh, originally again, it's, uh, it's listed as a season one episode according to the DVD. So I assume production order means this was done pretty, pretty early on. However, it didn't debut until, uh, September 13th, 1997, uh, was the original air date, which means that that wasn't until technically season two, mm-hmm. uh, that eventually came out or the beginning of this, of season two. So yeah, very interesting with that as far as production order goes, but Liam, before we get into our review today with Nathan and Nathan. Nathan, as our special guest correspondent, you're going to be reviewing this episode, giving your scores alongside us as we go through this as well, as well as your uh, your expertise and your knowledge and what, what you saw from this episode. Uh, but before we do, as we always do, we're going to get Liam uh, introducing us with the official Internet Movie Database, the IMDb official synopsis. That's right. And this is for the episode Livewire, which was written by Evan Dorkin and Sarah Dyer directed by Kurt Gaeta with music by Harvey Cohen and animation by Coco slash Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such. An obnoxious talk radio host is transformed into a powerful electricity based supervillain. And that's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> that's cool. all we got. this week. <laughs> uh, sure. I, was wa- I was waiting. I was waiting for the extra part, but it, right, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> not, not wordy, but short uh, and to the point. It's that's one of those ones that they're just like, ah, we're just going to do the bare minimum. Yeah, on this one. it's a little, it's a little, uh, little bare minimum there, but <laughs> that, that will take us into plot here. And since we have our guests, we will start with you, Nathan. Uh, overall, it's kind of a, a, a story. We have the shock jock, Leslie Willis, who's, very anti-Superman. Before we get into that, hold on. Uh, do, so is shock jock a term that you guys use down under? Is that one that you guys, is that like... like what, did Howard Stern have a presence in, <laughs> in Australia when you were, when you were younger? It, uh, the, the name has got around a lot. Um, and yeah, shock jock is used, but not as predominantly as it does in the States. But um, I have heard the terminology used, but probably not as, as heavily as it is over gotcha. there. But yes, yeah, as soon as the word was mentioned in the episode, I knew exactly what it meant. And, okay. Um, all right. yeah, and- I'm curious now because now nowadays is I don't think it's a phrase that's used because that's sort of a days gone by, like the days yeah. of shock jocks and the days of like your your radio personalities, because it's I mean, that's those days are gone. Like, yeah, there are no <laughs> big personality. I mean, even Howard Stern is now in America hosting America's Got Talent. Like he's not yeah. he's not like public enemy number one anymore. <laughs> the like the baddest of all the badasses. He's like he's hosting talent shows here in the state. So it's not it's not as if like shock jocks are what they were when this show was originally done wake up metropolis oh yeah the live wire is back on attack folks 
the queen babe of all media, your mistress of the airwaves, the one, the only, Leslie Willis, shouting out to you on WLXL 95.5 Alive. Okay, now people, listen up. I know you've heard this before, but you're going to hear it again. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am sick and tired of this Superman guy. You hear me, Metropolis? Sick. 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 Oh, exactly. And I'm pretty sure I could be 100% incorrect, which I probably am. Um, <laughs> but uh, late at night on some um, on one radio station here in Australia, Alice Cooper actually um, does a radio okay. <laughs> station. And I'm going, that can't be the real Alice Cooper. But it, it, it's, it's, it, it, sounds, it sounds like him. And it wouldn't surprise oh, it, me that he does it in the States. Well and he be. just Yeah. Yeah. So it's indicated there. Yeah, so it, it, might, it, might still, it might still happen in small um contingencies around the place but yeah mm-hmm. very unlikely to find them these days <laughs> yeah i think most of those types of personalities have youtube channels now i think that's <laughs> probably the, that's right. the yeah. modern equivalent of that but yes this of yeah. course coming out in the mid 90s when uh, people like personalities like howard stern were very popular so yes we have this shock jock leslie willis very anti-superman uh, we see we see kind of the whole city is kind of aware of her and some people hate her. Some people really like her. She's throwing this big rally for her for for her three year anniversary of being on the air. And wouldn't you know it? There's a big, big, dramatic lightning storm. The cops try to shut it down. She won't do it. Superman shows up to try to shut it down. She still won't do it. Finally, lightning strikes the stage and electrifies both Superman and Miss Willis. And that, therefore, as we like to say, a tale as old as time, Nathan, uh, (laughs) then transformed into the supervillain Livewire. But uh, I guess just big picture thoughts here. Uh, What was your thought on plot? Um, Overall, um, I thought the plot was... uh, I I thought it was planned out reasonably well. I thought it was was a pretty easy plot to actually, um, like the way they produced her origin story. Um, Like I said Mm. at the start, I like the fact that from out of nowhere, no, everyone knows this radio broadcaster. I just yes. like how it, you haven't seen any other episode. It would have been good in previous episodes just to hear the radio going off with sure. her talking, just Agreed. so she's in, um, you know, a bit of continuity there. Um, I did love at the start how, like, if you listen to her when she's talking on air, she actually comes up with her own. You can actually hear the name Livewire in her first broadcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so straight away, you already know that, you know, the, the, the um, episode title and you also hear that you know she's going to call herself that later on the episode mm-hmm. i love the um prior to her going to the concert i love the little cameo of lex in the car with uh, with marcy <laughs> yes. um there's the fact that they're listening to the episode there's the wry smile from lex mm-hmm. uh, even though we don't get any any um you know wordage from clancy brown or anything like that but i love bibbo i love when <laughs> bibbo rang up and you know <laughs> How can you yeah. talk about my pal Superman like that? But, <laughs> he really yeah, gives her the business. I, he really gives her the oh. business. <laughs> hmm. Looks like the natives are restless. Line three, speak your tiny little mind. Well, you're darn right I will, Missy, because I don't appreciate your scurvy <sighs> remarks about me pal Superman. Oh, get a load of this old fogey. What's the matter? Gramps not getting enough prunes? Well, now you listen to me, smart lady. I don't think... No, you don't think. Do you dope? This Superman is nothing more than the world's strongest con man. <laughs> oh, it, it was just a crack. I love, I love um, Brad Garrett on, you know, like with his voice. Like even though in the back of my mind, all I can hear is Lobo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just that, that, um, yeah. But the origin story of Livewire was pretty, you know, pretty basic of how they generated there. But yeah, they had to start from somewhere, and um, actually, you know, and then the episode started obviously proper off from there. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, I'll ask you your thoughts here, Cal. It seems like even as we mentioned, there's the scene where she's just refusing to shut down her her big celebration and she's egging on this crowd to she's darn near incites a riot. Uh Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing real world to talk about. That's right. We're not going to relate this to anything real world. We refuse. We refuse. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but so it it seems like they were trying to set up that she's a little bit off. She's a little bit psycho or a little bit disturbed even before she becomes a supervillain. She's a little bit self-obsessed, I'd say. And I think that that plays into, again, we, it, this is sort of somewhat alien as we think about it now, as we already established, like shock jocks really aren't a thing, but it, in the nineties and the eighties, these were big cultural icons whose mm-hmm. sole job was to stir the pot essentially. Yeah. And their whole job was to get people talking about them being outrageous. That's how Howard Stern became a, a, a national <laughs> figure or right. a worldwide figure was he just did outrageous things on his radio program. So her mimicking that sort of shock jock style of just stirring the pot and being outrageous and saying outlandish things and, you know, flying in the face of, I mean, her, her character design, which we'll talk about maybe in a little bit of visuals, she's sort of dressed in a, goth, a traditional like Gothic type look. So she's mm-hmm. already she, that giving off the persona of she's you know she's anti-establishment mm-hmm. so uh her commentary in the opening scene as she shares her thoughts on superman cl- you know clearly not not a fan of his <laughs> really just taking the opposite opinion of what so many people thought of superman right seemingly for the sake of getting people to call in and talk about it and uh, so and, and then reveling certainly in the fact that she sort of had this reputation so um those type of of people in that era always attracted a certain uh, type of audience and people that felt like they were outsiders or enjoyed that idea of just kind of stirring up stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly I think that one could question the the people that are actually doing the stirring up as to whether or not they, they had some sort of complex, yes. uh, you know, some, some self-involvement, <laughs> some self, some self-love maybe to a point of, of, uh, of, of detriment. So it's, it's, it's ironic that, she obviously in this, you know, in this uh, maybe, you know, self-appreciation here, refused to listen to the authorities or the people <laughs> that told her, hey, this, we're going to shut this down because it's not safe. Uh, I thought it was a little bit much that they brought Superman in to <laughs> shut down a concert. <laughs> I, I mean, you bring in a guy who who literally has has like saved airplanes out of the sky and eventually goes on to stop like alien invasions and stuff. He's, <laughs> we're calling in Superman to break up this concert, Nathan. We got to <laughs> got to bring him in for this. <laughs> It's almost like your, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man moment, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. And it's just one of those moments when just ha- Lois and Clark just happened to be there, you know, doing the journalism piece for the Daily right. Planet at, at the concert. And yeah, I just think that, you know, it was just one of those moments when, yep, Superman is obviously going to get involved. You know, <laughs> everyone knows that these two characters hate each other and which I still found it funny Um, in that concert scene when uh, I think that when the police got up onto the concert, when, you saw the crowd throwing the eggs. Yes. At, at, at the, but we actually literally saw the eggs breaking, but then it was funny when Superman come up on stage, they got rid of the eggs, but they just started throwing like the heavier cans at him. <laughs> like our heavy artillery now. Yeah. They, they realize they're like, wait a minute, the eggs aren't going to do very much to this guy. We're, let's throw heavier stuff. Hey, look, the cops brought their monkey. You have to stop this. Can't you see you're putting these people in danger? 
you should go home and get some sleep. What do you say to that, huh? See, Superman, I'm the ringmaster of the circus, and I tell these clowns what to do, not the papers and not some pumped-up freak of nature in a cape. But yeah, I, I'd say there, there was some... She was definitely had a screw loose or two, and certainly, I think, just like most supervillain uh, stories, or not most, but a lot of supervillain stories, you take a person that has character flaws... And then whatever tragic accident or mm. uh, unintended accident happens just simply amplifies those sort of aspects of their character and turns it up to to eleven to borrow a phrase. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's kind of uh, where we get the rest of the episode. Once she has the power to sort of match her uh, her ego, her her opinion of herself, and uh, I guess in the end she wants everyone to pay attention to her and to she she seems to imply once she shuts down the power to the city um, that she's going to hold the city for ransom and basically said that if anyone wants to have any sort of electricity within this giant major city that they have to pay her to get it. So she's basically taking over an entire city right out of, out of the bat here, which does put her on a level, I think even above like a, a Metallo or somebody who is tough and strong and maybe even indestructible to an extent, but doesn't have the ability to like immediately bring an entire city's infrastructure to its knees the way that Livewire apparently can like right off the bat here. I think, yeah. And I, th I think some of it is the fact that her, like she, she clearly enjoys, and you can see it in that concert scene where she enjoys sort of being, I think she calls herself the ringmaster mm -hmm. and, you know, she calls, she sees herself as sort of controlling the people in the crowd and being able to, to orchestrate and dictate what they do. Mm -hmm. So then these powers that she gets from this accident that she sort of she blames on Superman. She blames that Superman and there's, it's interesting the press sort of press Superman to find out whether or not <laughs> he intentionally, which I thought Got was her came, struck by lightning. Yeah, came from, came out of a weird spot that all of a sudden the press is turning on Superman to try and find out whether or not he did this on purpose. How is she? She's going to be okay. How come you didn't push her out of the way? There wasn't time. You sure of that? What are you getting at? She said some pretty awful things about you. Maybe this was your way of paying her back. I did everything I could to save her. Everything. Now, if you'll excuse me. Yeah, I, I found that a bit strange as well. It was, it was um, the same at the start of the episode, um, you know, with all that hatred towards Superman from, from Leslie Willis. And then, yeah, they definitely turned on him straight away, wasn't it? It was, um, <laughs> you know, did, did, did you intentionally, intentionally not try to save her? And he's, I did everything in my power to save her and all that sort of things. And, and the one thing about this origin story I found interesting was the fact that getting, even though she had this you know, trauma of going through what happened to her, but she still mm -hmm. didn't change as a person. I felt like she was always this right. evil character anyway. And this, and this um, having this ability now of what she's done is just, you know, just got gone up a notch basically. So she hasn't changed yeah. as a person. She's just realized now yeah, I've got more power. So I'm just going to get it to take it to the next level. But yeah, it was a shame that the, the, the press started to turn on Superman. It's like, who's, who, who's on who, even the crane operator at the start when he was against Superman, but Superman ended up saving him. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's just interesting how they did, uh, they did that in the plot. Yeah. 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 I think that that stood out to me because that's, that's almost what maybe, and it's interesting. Uh, Cal and I were talking a little bit before we went on the air here 
this episode really does focus more on this uh, Leslie Willis live wire character than it does Superman almost. And I wonder if it would have been interesting either in this episode or maybe in a follow-up episode where the character returns to actually see him kind of grapple with that question a little bit more. Like, did he really do everything he could to save her? Mm. Did, you know, does that, you know, does he have some sort of guilt for, you know, not, not just, you know, flying her away from the stage instead of just kind of pushing her out of the way and, and things like that. It would have been interesting to kind of see, you know, maybe hear more of Superman's internal monologue or struggle about a situation like this. And um, so, but instead it's pretty much just, she's, she's the bad guy. And, <laughs> and he figures out uh, eventually as she's holding the city for ransom, she kind of suddenly disappears and realizes that she has to be recharging somewhere, which leads us to a, a pretty cool set piece, which we'll certainly get to in our visuals section, but uh, to the hydroelectric dam where she is uh, recharging her powers. Superman comes prepared-ish uh, <laughs> as he comes with uh, rubber gloves and, trusty rubber gloves and a rope <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tries to <laughs> wrangle her, uh, but she is she's proved to be too powerful. But in the end, her power is sort of her undoing as she blows a hole into the side of the hydroelectric dam and she is in fact flooded with water which of course shorts out her powers and so ultimately it's i guess the villain's hubris and 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 you know quest for more power uh, is their undoing there all i can all i can say is is clark is lucky this is before he met bruce because batman would have given him a lot of business for carrying around (laughs) Like all the gadgets that Batman has, and, and yeah. Clark shows up with like rubber gloves rubber, that you buy at the gloves. grocery store and a rope. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, and and we'll get to in visuals about about those rubber those gloves. Actually, there's a bit of funny mm-hmm. scene uh, moment sure. happens with those gloves, but yeah, just the the. I think there's a later episode with Livewire, and he comes in dressed with a full rubber suit. Yeah, I, yep. I can't remember if that's the episode with Livewire. Almost looks like. Um, I apologize for any of the listeners, but I like a big condom he's put over himself. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a big that's what it, Yeah, that's almost what it looks like. But I, I thought that was this episode for some reason. But then coming back to it, I remember, like, yeah, he's got the rubber gloves. Um, and yeah, uh, at least he was trying to think about the whole, you know, back in school going, yep, rubber. So he's, <laughs> we're, we're assuming that he sold the rubber too, but it is the man of steel. Um, but but, 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 the one th- but the one thing I've always... And this series, I think you've talked about a lot as well, is the fact that Superman is not as strong as he is in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Correct. And the one thing I find strange is the fact that, you know, when Leslie obviously throws all this electricity at him and obviously, it, you know, it takes Superman by surprise and he can't battle it straight away. But it almost reminiscent of me of, um, of the first Avengers movie with Thor and Iron Man. And mm-hmm. but Thor can just take it and go up to 400%. But this you know, Superman finds it hard to fight Leslie against the electricity. So <laughs> it, it is hard to see in some in some parts, but yeah, like I, I do like the, the way they've done that in the series, though, because otherwise it'd be very a very boring series of Superman can just you know just obviously stop everything just like that. So I understand why they've <laughs> right. done it, but it's just yeah, it's just funny to see. Yeah, it's, sure. it's definitely a completely different uh, take on Superman. But from here, we can uh, I think get into our plot scores here. Uh, telling it up, I like this episode. Um, this is not one I seem to remember seeing a lot, but I do find it pretty memorable. Like I remembered almost beat for beat what happened in the episode anyway. Um, it's not, like I said, I don't think they try to reinvent the wheel uh, with it, but I, I gave plot a very solid seven out of 10. Uh, Cal, what about you? 
Uh, I also, <laughs> we talked about disagreeing before, uh, not <laughs> no disagreement here. Uh, I also had a seven out of 10 written down for this. It's, it's fine. I, I do. We, this is one we definitely had on videotape at one point. So this is one that was, and I feel like it was also one that tended to be in, in heavier rotation that they showed. Um, they must've just repeated season two at like a lot after they debuted season three, because yeah, or, maybe, or there was some sort of production issues between two and three that mm-hmm. delayed three, because a lot of these season two episodes, we ended up seeing a whole bunch, but uh, yeah. So seven out of 10, it's fine. Uh, there's, there's definitely not a whole lot of heavy action beats to it. Mm-hmm. There's the initial, as we talked about Superman saving the crane, which is interesting because you have the, the, the voiceover of yes. uh, Leslie sort of describing everything that Superman is not yeah. paired with everything that he's doing. <laughs> yeah. That was a classic. Uh, yeah. Very, very like just, just awesome. Like That's, great pairing. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, Chris Reeve, that really felt like a bit that could have come right out of a, a Christopher Reeve Superman story. Like absolutely. Yeah. But she's not given, I mean, she's not given anything too terror. Like there's not a, a lot of heavy lifting in this. It's sort of resolved very quickly. She's sort of her own undoing going to this, this right. dam, uh, hydroelectric dam. So yeah, I, I would say it's, it's, it's okay. It's not great, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not middle of the road. It's somewhere in between there, which is why I probably gave it seven out of 10. Fair enough. And uh, Nathan, as our special correspondent, what did you score plot? And as you guys mentioned many times on the podcast, we did not speak earlier prior to this episode, and I too gave it a seven out of ten. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, I, 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 I thought the um, the origin story was, even though it was plain and simple, but it was effective. I really, um, I, I love Livewire as a character. I like the fact that it was created by Bruce mm-hmm. Tim, you know, for this series, and then it's gone on to other, you know, comic books. It's gone on to Supergirl and other means. Um, of tv and, and movies um i love those two, two other parts of the um the episode that i really enjoyed as the crane sequence uh, very similar to superman 2 when he rescued the tower above the mother and daughter uh, mm-hmm. baby so that image um reflected oh, yeah. off that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, I, I thought they got the idea of that and cool. i love when the power went out uh this took me back to an episode of lois and clark when perry comes up to lois with the typewriter <laughs> and it's got you know this is how we did it back in my day so <laughs> I, I like that those little bits in the episode but yeah i, I gave the episode a seven out of ten as well Excellent. Very good. And that will move us on to our second category of the day, which is visuals and animation. Uh, this episode, again, directed by Kurt Gaeta and animation by Coco. Uh, Cal, we'll start with you this time. What stood out to you when it comes to animation and visuals this week? Yeah, uh, well, I'll try not to take up everything, uh, <laughs> but uh, that way can be something for for Nathan to talk about also. But I guess first and foremost, we should talk about uh, as as Nathan just mentioned, this being a character that was designed specifically for uh, Superman the animated series. So this is a you know a a creation. Uh, and it, it boy is this a Bruce Tim draw and come to life. Uh, yes, that, I mean obviously all of these are Bruce Tim uh, designs and uh, and character models, uh, model sheets are at least designed after his artwork typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy does this remind me of just any and all Tim uh, Bruce Tim Tim artwork. But I, I really like what they did with her. She has a little bit of a freakazoid type uh, yes. type vibe. Uh, Nathan, did they have freakazoid down under? Yeah, yeah, they did. I didn't watch it, but um, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, yeah, Freakazoid also, of course, a, a Bruce Tim Tim uh, inspired creation. That's so, right. 
so maybe uh, some some uh, share some same DNA there mm-hmm. with that. But uh, yeah, so it reminded me a little bit of that, but it certainly has her own flair to it, her own mm-hmm. sort of her own sort of uh, female sexiness to it, with uh, the lightning bolt down the chest and the the thigh highs and all that. So uh, really a unique look and one that's very memorable and one that has gone on to be adapted into as uh, mm-hmm. as Nathan mentioned the uh, Supergirl show and of course in, in even in the comics uh, she's she's one of a very few characters mm-hmm. that have been adapted out or original characters adapted out of Superman the animated series so uh, I think her look at it first and foremost is something that uh, that deserves some praise because it's it's it is that character it has a little bit of reminds me a little bit of the the old detective comics character Nocturna a little mm-hmm. bit with the pale skin she yeah. obviously was a vampire I think or something yes. Uh, so it, not quite the same one-to-one, but, mm-hmm. uh, dark clothing, uh, pale, mm-hmm. paler light skin. Um, I don't know how quite getting struck by lightning makes you look like that, but, <laughs> uh, but, but it's, this is, this is comic books. So that's, exactly. how, that's how this happens. It was touch and go for a while, but the prognosis seems to be good. She'll be out of here in a few days. What a relief. I can't explain her skin discoloration. But then again, I can't explain why she's alive either. So there wasn't, there weren't any like uh, chemicals nearby that also uh, <laughs> right. fell on her when she got struck by lightning or something. But the only other things that I would say that stood out to me was in that scene also with the transformation where she does do her actual transformation was the uh, the rain sequence. And we've and we've had other mm-hmm. episodes where rain has been been a player in the uh, in in maybe certain aspects or certain scenes of the of the show. But that really stood out to me because that's something that is very simple. I'm sure it's just something you know extra extra filters that they put over over sheets mm-hmm. uh when they were animating uh but uh it really added to that scene because the the characters also looked like that they were getting damp more damp mm-hmm. as this as the uh as the scene went along um but yeah i think i think that and then her playing it in in what is the pseudo time i guess we learned that Times square is yes. sort of in metropolis uh in this episode yeah so on a, <laughs> so on a recent episode uh, actually when we reviewed uh, with Kevin Altieri off balance, uh, the director of that episode, we got into a discussion with him about how what, it appears that the Statue of Liberty is in Gotham City uh, based on the start of that episode. Uh, so it looks like so Gotham got the Statue of Liberty, but uh, but Metropolis got uh, Times Square and we're just kind of <laughs> divvying up different New York City landmarks for uh, for the different fictional uh, DC cities here. That's right. But she, she had some fun in there. I like the fact that her jumping around from different, you know, those uh, billboards and, of course, those mm-hmm. sort of landmark things that we, we are familiar with in, in real life uh, being, you know, being real. So that being trans, translated mm-hmm. into animation, uh, appreciated that. But other than that, uh, and Superman's gloves that we <laughs> will, I'll let Nathan talk yeah. about. But other than that, uh, I, there, there, I didn't feel like there was too, too much. Uh, the crane scene that we already talked about uh, a few times, I think that one to me was probably the most visually interesting of the episode mm-hmm. because of the tension that's built up. What is your problem with Superman? Problems, plural. First, he's never around when you need him. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
so darn easy for him. Nathan, what did you think uh, what, as far as visuals for you? What stood out to you? I think it was a very, a very dark episode. Actually, it was almost like a Gotham esque. Um, mm-hmm. ep- the whole, the whole episode was actually pretty much all at night. Yeah. Um, I had a bit of a, a small at the start of the Daily Planet, but they're all eating white donuts. I didn't understand. Did, did some of the colors forget to color them in, or is it just, <laughs> um, is it just flat uh, like the powder coating on the top? Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't it's... quite sure. Um, I, I, I did like. Um, there was one. Uh, visual that I, I found was funny as the crane was falling you had all the people on the ground about to run away and they all started running and then you see the sign saying um don't uh, don't walk so <laughs> the red sign was flashing don't walk but everyone's running away i thought i don't know if they did that intentionally but That's i had a bit of a and um i think it's cowling do you love a bit of cape movement i love the fact that um uh, Liam, was up on, oh is it lamb my apologies <laughs> but um when superman was up on stage when the storm was just starting to hit i saw a little bit of cape movement there i thought absolutely. um i thought you would pick that up absolutely uh from the start but yeah at the end um when superman flies in as you mentioned about the gloves because you know everywhere superman goes he has them stashed away in his own little belt um so <laughs> it, 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 it rock, he rocked up to the power station with rubber gloves but as then as soon as he gets to the next scene, you actually see him putting the rubber gloves on. Yeah. So I think that was a, um, I don't know what the animators were thinking there, but that was a bit of a mistake that they made there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, overall, I thought a little continuity issue there. And then later on, it, there's a scene where it flashes and he's not like they colored them flesh colored. He's yeah. not, they're not, yeah, they're not, they're not, they like forgot to color. They're like blue or white or whatever they are in that opening scene. And then they cut to him while he's wearing them and they're flesh colored. So they, they couple of faux pas with that. I think there was people in the background having arguments going, why is he wearing gloves? He's Superman. What does he need to wear gloves? So there was probably going, no, he needs to wear gloves. No, he doesn't need to wear gloves. So I think the end the right. is having, having fights in the yeah, background. There was, yeah, there was like some, some breakdown in communication between uh, yeah. the American uh, storyboard artist and director and uh, and the, the Japanese studio overseas where they're like, well, why? <laughs> He's Superman. Is... Why does he have to wear gloves? I love that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what you both have said, probably not surprisingly. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, the other thing that stood out, we mentioned it as she she knocks the hole into the side of the dam at the end and the water comes rushing out and uh, and it shocks her. And you get what happens. Uh, we actually I feel like this happens to Superman quite a bit, but we get the the elect the electric shock, which reveals the the skeleton, the skeleton of, yeah. the, of the person getting shocked. I thought that was a really, really cool visual. And it felt like pretty violent for like a, a children's mm. show. Like I, like electricity is not the same as, you know, getting, getting shot with a bullet. I understand, but it still seemed very, like very dramatic and very sudden. Just like that flashing, flashing light with like the skeleton is colored black to kind of, you know, show off how bright and, 
and wild and out of control this this moment is. I thought that was a really clever visual. And then following that up with Superman uh, repairing the dam with the heat vision and you see the kind of the steam as he starts to melt it down, the steam, uh, you know, begins to rise as as the the hot metal uh, covers uh, covers over the hole in the dam. So I thought that whole final sequence, despite the issues of uh, of gloves coming on and off, I, I, I still quite enjoyed that sequence quite a bit. I would say the standout, uh, Nathan, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too, as far as if you, if you drew any, uh, if you notice it yourself, but the initial transformation to of Leslie into live wire, uh, as she gets shocked and there's this really extravagant, it's almost like a very anime influenced scene where she's just getting electrocuted and her hair kind of stands up and her eyes are real wide and it gets a tight, like close up of her face. And there's sort of like uh, effects around her head. To me, it was very anime inspired. I'm not a huge anime guy, but that's, screamed at me like that eastern animation like japanese style of just like very expressive intense mixed with like the flashing colors and stuff at Mm -hmm. the same time yeah i think you're 100 right i'm not um too being anime myself but uh, i think you you, um what you just said then was pretty much dead on point the fact that yeah just the her transformation when she gets hit by lightning um was pretty full-on i thought you know for a kid's um (laughs) show um and just going back to an episode i did previously with um you know the late mr mr kent there's some parts in that episode which i thought was a bit very dark with the you know Mm -hmm. the um with the the uh death death sentence and all that sort of stuff so i thought that there are some episodes where they have some of those scenes in and i'm just thinking wow that's you know i'm not i'm not trying to be james bond here that's pretty shocking yeah Um, (laughs) but but yeah but it was actually really well done i thought with with the transformation but the fact like i the fact that her hair went straight away to her the live white color, I thought yeah. I don't know that that was too much too soon, but um, <laughs> um, but it it did stick nice nicely. It was like the Bart Simpson look. Um, yes, but sure. yeah, I think they I think they did that transformation um, part really well, and we'll talk a little bit more about, about that in um, in music as well. But yeah, uh, I think I think they actually um, did that scene really well. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think yeah, those are definitely two, the two uh, standout scenes, as you both already mentioned, the scene of Superman stopping the crane from falling at the beginning, especially I, th- I think the shot where he has to catch it with the one hand and kind of and, you know, he's falling with the guy in his other hand. So we may have seen Superman do something like that a hundred times between, you know, different comics and cartoons and and movies, but seeing that kind of unique uh touch on it where he's really only able to do he's one-handed throughout basically that entire scene and keeps trying to kind of grab onto different parts of the crane to keep it from falling and he grabs this part and then it breaks off and then finally has to zip down and kind of catch it right at the last second as the and as you you guys mentioned the 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 child the baby and the stroller rolling towards it as it's happening you know combining classic all, superman trope yes, by the it's way all of yeah. this stuff is always uh <laughs> So there's always nuns and dynamite, as the Flash once said uh, <laughs> on an episode of Justice League. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a. So I thought that that sequence. I think yeah, those three are kind of the standout visual moments that that we've talked about the the opening scene and the the concert scene and then that that final battle at the uh, the dam there. So overall, I thought despite some of those issues with the inconsistency near the end there, I still gave visuals a very strong eight out of ten this week. And uh, <laughs> again, we didn't discuss this before. Not at, all. Not at all. But I also had jotted down an eight out of 10 for visuals. So yes. Two for two thus far. Nathan, 
Uh, uh, I'm eagerly <laughs> anticipating what your score is. Uh, I'll let you guess. No, it's an eight out of ten for me as yes! well. <laughs> um, another, another part I wanted to chuck in, I forgot to talk about. I love the part where um, she's turned the when she's gone to the power station, little bits of a pair of, of open up here and there, and then the printer starts going off. And there's little pictures oh, of her yeah. coming yes. out. Yes, I just I just like the parts of those little things were thrown in, but overall, yeah, I gave this episode eight out of ten for visuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think it's very strong. Like we said, maybe some of those inconsistencies that we mentioned, if they weren't there, maybe this could be even higher for for a couple of us. But overall, still a, a very strong score from all three of us, with an eight out of ten from all three of us, and that will move us on to our third category which is music. And Nathan, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, it's pretty obvious, I think, once you watch this episode, uh, what what's unique about the soundtrack in this episode. <laughs> but one of, uh, at least in production order, this was probably one of the first times we, uh, we were experimenting with uh, non-traditional uh, music. It isn't just an orchestra, although we have classic orchestral music in this episode, like any other DCAU cartoon. We also have quite a bit of electric guitar and drums. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of um, the Lobo episode from season mm-hmm. one. Um, very much of, of that. And I don't know if that was supposed to come before Lobo. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure in production order. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was a lot of that throughout this episode. Um, obviously, her being a shock jock on a show, and that'd be a lot of the music she'd play anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not the biggest fan of electric guitar, but I like the way that they, <laughs> they played it throughout this episode. Um, there were, there were snippets of there when Superman rescued the crane. You heard the Superman theme going on mm-hmm. through there, which um, which they done really well. Um, I don't know if you guys heard it, but in the scene where she's just she's in hospital um, and she's just learn, starting to learn her powers, the 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 um, sound that came through and brought my mind straight to Superman three. Um, at the end, I don't if you remember the movie. At the end, when they're at the computer and he's going through the Grand Canyon or wherever he was right, flying, right, right, through, yeah. just that music in the background and there's a little bit of music from superman 4 as well in there that i heard i don't know where my brain was going but <laughs> but i could just heard snippets from superman 3 and 4 and mm-hmm. in those little parts i thought that was done really, really well you know she's learning her powers with the electricity and stuff like that and just had yeah. that those little parts going off um i, I actually really enjoy livewise theme music for this episode i think they actually did that really well and i think that plays out later on episodes as well they continue that theme on so overall i actually like the music throughout and, and for me it brought a little bit of nostalgia through as well for sure for sure yeah i think uh it's funny uh just recently i uh, purchased the the blu-ray version of batman beyond and that has a uh like a round table discussion with some of the writers and bruce tim and uh kevin conroy and and uh Romano and they they were talking one of the things they talk about on it is the music of the show and they mentioned that uh, previous to uh, Beyond when they had experimented with electric guitar music uh, you know heavier drums that kind of stuff that they were recording it in the same room as the regular orchestra music and they thought that kind of let led to kind of an uneven mixing sometimes um, so I, I found that really interesting and they felt like they kind of corrected that with, with Beyond and certainly onto like Justice League Unlimited eventually. But uh, we'll move over to Cal here. Uh, what, what stands out to you for music and do you feel like the electric guitar music m- went well with the traditional DCAU music? Yeah, I actually really loved it. Um, I think I think that uh, there's actually, so the scene that stood out most to me was when she wakes up in the hospital 
and mm. uh, and as uh, as as Nathan mentioned, so she's she's sort of discovering her powers, and uh, the guitar. Tra- I mean, it, it trans it transforms from this sort of whimsical traditional DCAU orchestral music, and then like once she realizes that she has these electrical powers or this powers of electricity, then the guitars really come in and swell, and the drums and the this as the electricity is sort of swirling around her in this room, you really start to hear the the guitar come in, mm. and uh, it, it was funny we remarked as we were watching this that the guitar is really heavy and we we reviewed the main man which is another as you mentioned another episode Mm -hmm. uh featuring heavily featuring electric guitar uh not too long ago um but i I recall i i don't recall i thought there was more electric guitar in that episode i think that there ended up being yeah and this episode feels like there's it's almost strictly electric guitar from the opening scene all the way through um so so i think it matches the tone of the episode as nathan Mm -hmm. mentioned her being a you know a disc jockey on a on a rock and roll radio station and out you know partying in Mm -hmm. the rain and the way that she was dressed like that seems very very typical that 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 music would fit her and the fact that they used it throughout and then it sort of as she transforms into the actual villain live wire uh, going, you know, going from Leslie Willis to Livewire, it's it really fits the character, and it really, really turns up sort of, you know, you, you don't know how much of a threat she's going to be to Superman, I guess, mm-hmm. and, until that fine until that final scene. They have that initial interaction in the Times Square stand-in, uh, but seeing seeing them really do battle as that music sort of plays in the background really builds that tension, which we which I always love talking about. Like, does the music build enough tension for the scene in order for it to to feel like an like its own character almost? Mm-hmm. And I think it does very well for this episode. I, I think I, I am interested because we know that uh, spoiler alert for a cartoon that's now almost twenty five <laughs> years old. But uh, spoiler alert, she does return in an episode. Uh, oh, and I'm curious to see if that music theme continues in that episode if we'll be able to pick that up later on but yeah i i really love the music for this episode um i felt i felt based on how much it stood out its uniqueness its memorability all of that is what what i look and listen well Mm. look listen to when i when i'm listening for a for a soundtrack for an episode uh so i felt i had no choice based on the uniqueness the impact that it did and uh the ability to to like really enhance this character of livewire i had to give music a perfect 10 out of 10 awesome i love it yeah i uh i gave it a nine out of ten. Oh, come so on right in the right in the same ballpark <laughs> there i i quite enjoyed it uh, I think I think it's really good. Um, it doesn't stand out to me as like a really iconic soundtrack the way some of the episodes I feel like I've given ten to uh, have. But I do think it it, it works pretty well. Um, the way the the I think we talked about this in the Lobo episode, but the way it'll kind of cut between the orchestral like the Superman theme and then cut back to her is it. I think it could be very jarring, but I think they do a very good job of kind of threading the needle there between the two two styles of music and even right down to the end when she is when she's being shocked by all the water uh it's kind of the, the guitar plays like a couple really like somber like you know love ballad type you know power ballad type notes mm-hmm. that kind of ring out and kind of hold out there as as the episode's coming to an end so i i, I think they did a, a lot of uh creative and, and clever tricks uh with with the music and kind of how they went back and forth between the the traditional uh traditional orchestral themes and the uh, and the, the rock music but uh let's throw it over to our special correspondent nathan here what did you have as your score for 
uh, music this week? Um, I was up there with both of you. Um, I scored a 9 out of 10 as well. All right. Um, like I said, the electric guitar music for me, um, I, I do like it, but it's not my favorite kind of music. I don't know if that's the reason why I didn't score it a perfect 10 out of 10, but mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy how it was used throughout the entirety of the episode. I lo- like I said, I liked uh, Livewise theme music uh, that was played throughout. Um, and I like the fact that they're still throwing the uh, the Superman um, rescue scenes in there. I like how they're still throwing the, the Superman theme music into mm. that as well. So thoroughly enjoyed it. And for me, like I said, it brought about a little bit of nostalgia um, mm. yeah, in some parts. But um, yeah, overall, 9 out of 10 for me. Love it. Yeah, there's even a little bit of part. One of the, uh, the electric guitar pieces sounded like it was intentionally kind of riffing on uh back in black by acdc i think uh. it's i guess when she's uh when she's in Times square there's just a few notes that sound like it's obviously for legal reasons it couldn't be black yeah. back in black by acdc <laughs> but i think that's maybe that that certainly that genre of music was what they were going for and uh, yeah i think they they pulled it off pretty well and that will bring us to our final category here, which, of course, is voice acting. We don't have a giant cast to talk about, but there are some notable names as well as our regulars. We have briefly, we have George Dunza as Perry White. We have uh, David Kaufman as Jimmy Olsen, Dana Delaney as Lois Lane. Uh, and of course, Tim Daly as Superman uh, in our guest cast, as we've already kind of mentioned a little bit. Uh, we had Brad Garrett briefly as Bibbo. I I agree with Nathan. I do love the scene <laughs> of him calling in to defend his buddy Superman. I think that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and then also a uh, veteran voice actor uh, Townsend Coleman shows up in this cast. The uh, Tick not, himself. That's right, the Tick, or uh, the voice of uh, NBC's. Uh, uh, must see Thursdays or whatever it was at the time uh, when, when, when friends and Seinfeld and all those shows were on. Uh, he was the, the voiceover guy for a lot of those. So definitely a recognizable voice, even though none of his characters actually have a name in this episode, he plays three or four of them, but yeah. none of them actually have a name, but there's a couple uh, of those. George Dunza plays a couple of different that's guys. Right. too. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> and then of course we have Cam Clark as a uh, Sid who is, who is uh, Leslie's manager, who I uh, really, he's a minor character, but I what, did want to mention him as he is the voice of Leonardo in the 1980s uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. And I know that's a, uh, oh, wow. that's a, that's a special, uh, that's a special cartoon for a lot of people. So I thought that was uh, worth mentioning him. But of course, as we mentioned, there's really two people that carry this episode and I'll throw it to you first, Cal. Uh, we have Laurie Petty as Livewire, uh, the villain of the episode, as we said, she, you know, her voice is really the one that carries us all the way through and her playing off Tim Daly as Superman. So uh, what did you think specifically of uh, Miss Petty's performance? So Miss Petty, uh, I recognize, I mean, she has an instantly recognizable voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she played, I think she, we, we saw her IMDB list. She played a, t- she was in tank girl. She was the tank, girl. the tank girl, the tank girl, tank girl, of course, the cult yep. classic. That's right. Uh, she was in free Willy. She's been in, she's been in a lot of the, the point break. I think I mm-hmm. saw she was also mm-hmm. in, She's been in a lot of of movies. I, I don't know that she herself is is very famous. I most recently saw her. She was uh, she starred in the Netflix series or was a played a minor character in the Netflix series uh, Orange Is the New Black. And I can remember when I was watching that, just thinking like. I, I can't not see Livewire as she's delivering this, <laughs> as she's delivering all these lines. And she plays like a very weird, like goofy character on that show. And I just kept hearing Livewire, Livewire, Livewire. So um, for better or worse, I think that 
they rely, as we mentioned, this is a very, she's very heavy. She has a huge presence in mm-hmm. this. Uh, it's very like, I almost compare it to the episode that we covered a few weeks ago uh, with Gilbert Gottfried and Mixie's pixelated where mm-hmm. they sort of just have such a unique voice that they sort of overshadow <laughs> everything else almost right. about the episode and I think at times in this episode, her at least her, it feels like she, it, the performance is a little inconsistent. I hmm. think um, there were parts where I feel like she's really delivering lines really, really well. And then there are other times where it feels like she's just sort of reading them and, and just sort of delivering the lines. Um, so that to me led to a bit of an inconsistency. I think, I think it's an iconic voice. It's a very unique voice. It fits the character very well, especially from where she came from. I almost wonder if they hadn't put maybe a little bit of a voice effect on her once she transformed into Livewire, maybe just like a little bit of like a, of uh, an echo or something like that to kind of give it more of an mm-hmm. electric feel. If that would have made some sort of impact on, on mm-hmm. my like positive or negative. Yeah. Um, but given like a little bit of a voice effect, I think would have could have helped. Um, but like I said, I think there are moments where it seems like she's very, very strong in the way that she's delivering things. I think, you know, going back to that opening scene, when you're first introduced to her, she's supposed to be a very annoying, loud mouth <laughs> character. Right. And she really comes off as that as she comes through. Um, and of course, as we mentioned in Mixie is pixelated, that plays very well off of Tim Daly's Superman. Tim Daly's mm-hmm. Superman is very calm, very quiet, very, you know, very, you know, reserved, understated, yeah. reserved voice. It's He's not over the top. So it plays well off of that. And I think that their interactions do very well together for the most part. Um, but I think that when she has to kind of give lines on her own or when she's kind of by herself, there was a little bit of inconsistency in that. So um, those were my general thoughts on their, their two, two uh, the performances. Nathan, I'll throw it over to you. What did you think about their performances? Anybody else's that you wanted to notate? Um, I, I pretty much agree with what everything you're, you're talking about. Um, I, I love Laurie Patty as an actress, like growing up, like especially in the, her earlier movies, as you already mentioned all. And one that come to mind to me was a league of their own. That oh, was yeah. one of my first yes. re- rememberings of her as an actress and obviously Free Willy and Point Break and obviously Tank Girl. Um, but yeah, I, I think she she brought like she pretty much had more to do than anyone else in this episode. So her voice was obviously heard a lot more than anyone else in this episode. Mm-hmm. You had snippets of, you know, obviously we had her and Tim Daly communicate a lot to, to each other. I like the scene between her and Lois at the start. Um, yeah, that was good. You know, that they had a good that dynamic. was a good scene. And as you mentioned before, Cal, with the crane going down, you know, and, and her having those parts about, you know, Superman can't do this, can't do that, but obviously Superman's in the background <laughs> doing it all. Um, so I thought she actually did really, really good bringing the whole episode together. Um, there were there were parts in there which uh, could have been elevated a little bit higher, I thought, as well. But um, I, I do like the other scenes with uh, Brad Garrett as Bibbo bringing that in there as well. Um, but, yeah, there wasn't much really to talk about. Um the actor who did see I did not realize that was Don, uh, Leonardo um, mm-hmm. from Ninja Turtles. Uh, right. Big fan of Ninja, Ninja Turtles growing up as a kid. That was one of my all-time favorite animated nice. TV shows. And, awesome. Love it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think voice acting overall was good. Uh, Laurie Petty did a great job. for a fo- uh, Was it just one of her first um, roles in animation, do you think, as voice acting? Yes, yeah, from, from what I could tell, yeah, she, uh, she had not uh, crossed over very much into – uh, animation at the time so yeah this was uh among her first and yeah like i like i said i i think she, i I'll, I'll give my thoughts here a little bit i think she is 
Um, she's great when she's being that annoying uh, shock jock character. I think when it turns a little bit, like in the scene where she's in the hospital bed right before she discovers her powers and she's supposed to be like really angry at Superman mm. for not saving her or whatever. It's like, it feels like angry live wire kind of sounds the same as happy live wire to me. <laughs> and, and I think that's just the way uh, uh, Miss Petty talks, like, which is fine. But, uh, you know, from from this from this uh, from an auditory an auditory perspective, I feel like maybe that's where while I think she's really good in certain scenes, there is that part in certain ones where you're like, oh, maybe maybe that could have been played a little bit differently there. Excuse you. Look what you did to me. If you think I made things hot for you before, just wait till I. Bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, there were there were parts that could have been played a lot a lot better throughout the episode, and I don't know whether that was just her, you know, like as an actress, the way she put. But I, I, the one thing I got overall, I don't know if this has come under the voice acting side of things, was mm-hmm. is she really that angry about what's you know being turned into Livewire? <laughs> like, what? She was always angry at Superman anyway. I thought she'd be right. happy the fact that he's get, she's he's given her the power to become Superman. But yeah, I don't think her her acting changed much when she was the shock jock to live mm-hmm. wire. I think she's pretty much the same character. She just yeah, she yeah. she didn't really change much as, as for her personality side of things anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And maybe that's that goes back to what we were talking about in plot is that the idea is that she kind of already was this person. She just now has the physical ability to make people pay more attention to her, to make people do her bidding more when she tries to hold the city for ransom. So maybe that was an intentional call from uh, Andrea Romano, the voice voice director, but it's just something that I kind of picked up on there certainly. And I I do agree with Cal. I think, I think Tim Daly's good in this episode. Um, Again, he's, he's kind of just there to be the stern, the stern good guy playing off this kind of over the top loud villain. And I I think he does his job very well. Uh, all things considered, I think it's a pretty strong uh, voice cast, and I settled on an eight out of ten for my score. Uh, what about you, Nathan? Um, I'm exactly there with you, Liam. I'm, I'm <laughs> I scored an eight, eight out of ten. Um, and no, Liam and I, even though we've done an episode before, we did not look at each other's scores before. That's right. That's <laughs> even right. though I think I think we're identical on every single one, but oh, um, no, I smell collusion here. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, overall, like I said, the voice acting was really good. I thought Tori Petty did really well as an actress. Mm-hmm. If, if this is her first um, go at being a voice actress, I think she did really well. But yeah, mm-hmm. eight out of ten for me. 
Kel? Yeah, I went, uh, I went just a tick lower. I went seven out of 10. Um, you know, I, I think, like I said, I, I found uh, some of the parts of her performance a little bit inconsistent. Uh, still, you know, like you guys mentioned, a great job, especially if this was her first, which we assume it was her first mm-hmm. uh, foray into animation and, vo- and voice acting. Um, and we know she comes back. Uh, again, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but the, 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 the end scene is a very uh, stay tuned. She, this, this, this villain isn't quite done yet as we see yeah. uh, as we see yeah, her in, in what might be a Lex uh, like a Lex lab they mentioned they, Lex Luthor paid for her uh, treatment yeah. I guess uh, so we're not sure if it's if it's a Lex core labs or we do see Dr. Long by the way from Batman the animated That's series right. uh, episode nothing <laughs> to fear walk past in a weird cameo we've <laughs> seen him before too. end up working at Star Labs so if this is Lex Corp, we know now that he worked for like he's, he, wor- he's worn many hats he's, he, the guy just moves around he goes from <laughs> he worked at the uh, at Gotham University and now mm-hmm. he's working at uh, maybe at Lex Corp or wherever this is and, th- and then he moves on to Star Labs later on and just Justice League Unlimited. Uh, But yeah, so we know this character will be back. So uh, I'll be interested to see how her performances are, especially when we see her return in the episode, especially playing off of, uh, you know, she plays off of the parasite in the next episode. And then Mm -hmm. she also plays off of uh, of Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn uh, in the crossover episode of Girls Night Out. So uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how she does going forward. Overall, not terrible, but not quite as high as you guys. All right. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And that will begin to bring us to our final scores here and tallying everything up. I have a a very strong uh, 32 out of 40. Cal, (laughs) what about you? (laughs) Well, I think we know what score that means that Nathan has because he has the same exact (laughs) score as you. And uh, despite the fact that we disagreed on our scores for those last two two overall, uh, it balances out so that I also end up with a final score <laughs> of 32 out of 40. Oh, wow. I think what we've learned is you can't come on this show and not agree with us. <laughs> it's an echo chamber. The show is an echo chamber. Well, it's just it. Like, how can you not love Superman the Animated Series and the DCAU in general? Like, you, I think right. everyone's, everyone's on the same wavelength. I think everyone who loves these shows are going to love it around the same same area so yeah i think well, well invite done. us on when you want to when you decide to review unity nathan because we want to hear <laughs> we want to hear your thoughts on that because that was one episode that we did not like yeah that one was a little rough to get through uh, <laughs> to say the least it's bad episode jar that's sorry right. dollar, dollar, in the, the dollar in the jar but uh <laughs> but yeah it's, but yeah i think i think that's uh that's yeah this is a this is a really easy to watch episode and as uh, we've gotten out of our final scores, we'll talk about rewatchability. I think this is a, this is a pretty easy rewatch, I think, because it introduces this character who comes back a couple more times in Superman, as you mentioned, crosses over with some of the Batman characters later on. Uh, she also has some kind of background or cameo appearances in, in Justice League and, and Justice League Unlimited. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely a, a, a must watch for uh, for me. Uh, what about you, Nathan? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I already uh, reviewed this in my podcast as well. And I, I was mm-hmm. grateful when you, um, you know, when you said which episode did you want to review, and uh, Livewire was definitely a, 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 the first choice for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I even watched this twice again, um, going through it. Like it was funny because the way you guys review our episodes, like I said earlier, I love how you guys do it. Is um, I had to watch it first again to go through the whole plot, and then I had to watch it again to pick up the visuals and the music and. And it's just, it's just so I didn't miss anything and stuff like that. Um, 
So yeah, I, I love this episode, and um, yeah, it's definitely a fun one, and definitely a one to rewatch. Especially um, like everyone loves an origin story, um, mm-hmm. even though we all probably agreed it's probably a basic one. But yeah, um, gotta love an uh, origin story, especially the fact that it's created for Superman the animated series. Absolutely. And Cal, what about you? Yeah, I'd give this one thumb up for rewatchability. I think it's not mandatory because I think I imagine when you have the Parasite crossover episode, um, you can pretty quickly figure out what this character's powers are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're interested in knowing what the character background is, their motivation, um, and I don't know how much of that animosity is carried on into the next. I don't remember from from rewatching those episodes so long ago how much of that animosity is sort of carried on her general disdain for superman carries on as her motivation um but yeah it's an easy watch um and again since the character does show up again i think it is it is definitely worth a 22 minute um rewatch so yeah i I give it one thumb up for rewatchability yeah i think that's fair enough uh yeah i think overall that's uh, that's some that's another thing we all agreed on this week is uh Definitely at least uh, one thumb up for rewatchability. That will begin to wrap us up. But before we say goodbye to Nathan here, we want to give you a chance to uh, plug your social medias, any any upcoming episodes you have, whatever you'd like. Uh, The floor is yours, sir. Um, Firstly, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Um, Like I said, I've listened to you guys for such a long time now. It's just so great to come on and talk to you both. Um, And hopefully later on down the track, we can do this again and vice versa. I can invite one of you guys on the pod. Um, So my latest episode just went online a couple of days ago. I spoke about um, the late Mr. Kent, which I um, had so much fun actually watching and reviewing that episode. Um, Like I said, a little bit of a dark episode for Superman, the animated series, but I thoroughly Mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Um, So this year, um, just with with work and everything that's going on, I haven't been as um, as good as I have been in the past with releasing my episodes. But my, my plan is going forward an episode uh, once every fortnight for me. Um, Perfect. Which I hope, right. um, is, you know, with my current work level and stuff like that, that's the best that I can do. And hopefully, yeah, sure. um, I hope it's good going forward. But um, if anyone's out there who loves Superman, um, in the animated space, you can find me um on social media on Facebook. Um, I, I do have a um. A website. It's called the M Word Eighty One. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, um, looking for the M Word Eighty One, and also on Twitter at the M Word Eighty One, and on the on the website www.themword81.com, where you can also find all the Superman um, animated podcast episodes on there as well, plus all things DC and uh, Superman. And my podcast itself on Twitter is Sup Animated Pod. Uh, not very original, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Um, and not the easiest thing in the world, but yeah, I do get around. Feel free to anyone to contact me. Um, I love talking Superman um, in any genres. So yeah, and thanks again for having me on the podcast, guys. Absolutely. And don't forget, also make sure you uh, follow Nathan. Uh, Nathan, you do a great job. You're always on posting stuff on uh, on Instagram also. He's at the mword.81 on Instagram. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to find new releases as far as episodes are concerned on there as well. Uh, and I know you're on you're on Spotify uh, for your podcast also for, for streaming because that, that's where I listen to you. So uh, if, if you guys subscribe to uh, to podcasts on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to his uh, his podcast on there. But Nathan, we're so thankful that uh, you took the time uh, out to be on the program today. And we are out already looking forward to the next time uh, that our paths cross so that we can, uh, we can join forces again. Absolutely. Right. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I look, I look forward to um, hearing from you guys in the future.
Absolutely. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Nathan. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much again to Nathan for being on with us. Make sure you guys check out his show, Superman the Animated Podcast, when you get a chance. He does a great job. But as we begin to wrap up, Cal, this will do it this month for our Superman the Animated Series reviews. However, we do have a fifth Saturday in January where we will be going another trip around the multiverse. That's right, Liam. We've been uh, recently, we've been taking our, uh, whenever we have an extra Saturday in the month, we take a trip to the multiverse. Next week, we are headed back to the world of Batman, the Brave and the Bold with uh, a review featuring Superman, featuring Batman, and featuring one of the only appearances of Wonder Woman. That's right, the Amazon princess, uh, world famous for starring in her own movies these days. That's right, and at least one of them was good. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, so we will be covering the Brave and the Bold episode, the Triumvirate of Terror, next week. That's right, and I cannot wait to get to that and discuss it with you, Cal. But until then, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.